Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash talkdirection. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast, where we talk about everything One Direction, from news to album updates to the weird thing Harry did on stage the other night. Talk Direction, by the fans, for the fans. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. And this is our 65th episode of Talk Direction. And the first thing I want to talk about today is survey stuff. On um, the last episode, I mentioned that I would possibly be putting out like a survey monkey survey, um, asking about ways we can revamp the show and other stuff that you guys like about the show and new segment ideas and all that good stuff. Um, And I actually followed through, made the survey, and it's up um, on our Twitter. I've tweeted about it recently. I'll tweet about it again. It's in the link of our Instagram bio. It is on our Tumblr. I posted it. Um, So the links are in a lot of different places. Um, If you don't have any of those, you can email us, and I can email you the link, um, talkdirection at gmail.com, whatever way. But it would be awesome if you could take... um, the survey because the answers we've got so far are really helpful and Mm -hmm. it's just like nice to have another way to communicate with you guys. Um, One of the things that we do talk about on the survey that I wanted to mention on the show was Patreon and I wanted to explain it a bit because I don't really explain it in the survey too much Mm -hmm. and Patreon is a uh, website where um, different organizations can use it to, uh, help make money for whatever organization they are, um, by putting, uh, content on the website that can only be accessed by people who pay a certain monthly fee, or that's what we would do. We would probably do, like, a monthly, um, subscription type thing. So if you pay, like, $5 every month, you would get this extra bonus content of Talk Direction stuff, Um, And it seems like that was something that quite a number of our listeners were interested in. Um, And just sort of a disclaimer is that we both work really hard on this podcast Mm -hmm. and we don't make any money from it. Um, And uh, we would like to somehow support um, just even hosting the website that like, so Mm -hmm. we have to pay in order to have the podcast and to be able to make money to even just spend like get the money back from that would be awesome. Um, It's obviously not an obligation at all, um, but I think we are going to do stuff where we're either going to be posting video vlogs or extra content, extra episodes, access to our doc um, that we like put all this stuff in. So whenever we do, um, whenever we're talking about pictures online, you could have the doc open looking at the pictures that we're talking about, anything like that. Um, And it seems like a lot of people are interested in it and I'm excited for that because that just means like more content getting out and more ways to communicate and talk about things, um, with you guys. Um, did you have other things to say about that, Kara? Um, I mean, I, I think you explained it like really perfectly, but it's just like always kind of like an uncomfortable thing to like talk about money and talk about like the reality of the situation. But like, I don't know, we're, you know, college students who like, um, like any money at all is kind of a lot of money for us and um, mm-hmm. you know it, it does take some money to like host it so to it, like the fact that people like would even want to like 
you know, um, or like, you know, give money to uh, get more talk direction stuff is just incredible and really, and you know, affirming to me. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just like really great. And I don't know, it just like made me really happy that fact that like, even though it hasn't happened yet, the fact that people would be willing to do that is just really cool and awesome. Yeah, it, it really is. And it just, you guys are amazing. Um, whether or not you can afford yeah. uh, to, to subscribe. Um, so we're going to keep you guys updated on that. Um, make sure to go fill out the survey because in the survey we talk about what you would be interested in seeing, how much you would want the monthly thing to do. We'll probably do it on levels, so depending on how much you pay, you get different amounts of content. Mm -hmm. um, and when we reach certain goals, um, I think like we'll have different things that happen. Uh, like say if we reach a certain amount of money each month uh, for every month then like we'll do like a live video feed or oh, something. that'd be so fun different things where you guys can like interact we might have people on the show so like just trying to make it more interactive and like we still I'm I think uh, on some future episode I want to sort of like talk about the results of the survey not just the patreon stuff um but just the all the other things that you guys have suggested and answered have been really helpful and so so sweet. I wanted to read a couple things that some of the listeners wrote um in like some of the comment sections. Uh this first one said it's not a suggestion, but I just wanted to say thank you. I'm from Germany, and I'm 14 years old. I love you because it makes me so happy to listen to the podcast. Me and my sister uh, we're at a Troy Sivan concert in May in Berlin, and it was so amazing, and I'm really excited for you guys to go. Oh. Uh, XXX Reich? Is that how you would say that? Um, I'm Ricky? not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but hi! Uh, <laughs> thank you for your comments. So that sweet. Was very nice. Oh my gosh. Do you want to read the next one I put there, Kara? Sure. Um, I enjoy listening to you, and if you stop, I will re-listen re to the old podcast because I couldn't imagine my life without Talk Direction. Perhaps I'm not very good to explain and express myself and my admiration for this podcast, but my mom knows about you, and I think that is something. Anyway, I will support you in any circumstances. Which, like, when I saw that, <laughs> like, my heart, like, just grew five sizes. Like, I, I just love the fact that you told your mom about us. I don't I know. know. I just want to make any moms out there proud. I Honestly. Seriously. That just, wow. Thank but you like, so these, much. These were two of the really, like, two of the many really nice responses we got from people um, just on the surveys. And I know, like, not everyone interacts on Twitter. So, like, maybe if you're not someone who does that, like, a survey is an awesome way to interact, too. And I think, like, just doing these while I do Twitter polls, it would be cool to have some, like, bigger surveys, too, talking, like, more in depth about songs and One Direction. So, mm. um, that might be something I do in the future. Um, what was I going to say? Something else. Um... Oh, yeah, and I thought it was really funny just reading some people's responses and being like, I feel like I know which of our listeners... I know! Is. Yes! <laughs> I was like, okay, this is so this person. I love that. Um, so that was funny. Um, and also, but... thank you for all the like, constructive criticism and, like, suggestions and stuff, because I love um, getting, like, new... Or we love getting new ideas for, like, segments and stuff. Mm -hmm. Or, like, anything that you think that's, like, kind of, like, overplayed or overdone, maybe tell us also, because, you know, we mm -hmm. want to, like, switch it up a little bit. Um, so, yeah. 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 Okay. So everyone go take that now. This is your chance. Pause the podcast. Go find the link and do it and come back to us. Okay, go. Okay. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, Kara, you have a story about One Direction in class. Oh, yeah. So that's this is just a little thing. Um, but I had my first um, 
like first class classes of the semester last uh, week. I don't know what I was trying to say. But yeah, anyway, um, and I'm taking a film class that's like English and film and it's about like melodrama. So it's like really um, like women's studies based. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so basically it's kind of about like, um, uh, it's like more older films, but it's kind of like how, um, like the way tragedy and like, uh, women are seen in films. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. But anyway, um, uh, one of the people in my class is actually a high school teacher. Um, I think she probably teaches sometime, somewhere in Massachusetts or maybe Boston. Um, and she was talking about how, I don't remember how this related to the conversation. I wish I wrote it down. But she was talking about how um, she has had students in the past like talk about or like write essays about One Direction um, and fan fiction mm -hmm. as like how that's an outlet for them um, wow. just uh, to get like their different passions out or like their sexual I don't even know like different kind of things um, yeah. like I don't know knowledge out there so I don't know that was like I thought it was really great because I think that's like what we've talked about on this podcast before so yeah and it relates so much to what we're talking yeah, about today exactly too. I wish I had I wish I wrote down her exact words because it was just like it just made me really happy to like know that a uh, teacher like is out there and like really validating her students yeah. like that's so awesome because I feel like uh, like a lot of teachers might kind of look down on this and be like what the mm -hmm. heck is this but the fact that she like is validating like that and like also bring it to a table in like a you know college uh yes. class and Incredible. talk not talking down to it at all but, like talking it as like an actual valid mm -hmm. thing like I love it that's so great. Yeah. That would be us as teachers. I know, for real. We'd be like, okay, so the assignment is to write a fan fiction about your favorite ship. <laughs> Go. <laughs> or like an analysis of a One Direction song and talk yeah. about its, like, analyze it under a feminist lens. Yes. Uh, which is what we're doing today, kids. Get on board for this, because this is a feminist episode. Yep. Um, but first, news. Um, there's not a ton of news this week. The first story is that Niall had his 23rd birthday, um, and that was on September 13th, and he's just all grown up now, tier tier. Um, God, so 23 he, seems so old, but it's really not. I know, I know. It really does. Like, that's crazy, because we knew him back when he was, like, 16, and... Yep, we knew him personally. We did know him personally, and now he's 23. That's just a lot of years. It's a lot of development that happens in those years. <laughs> um, anyway, um, he had so many tweets on Twitter from people, um, like all his like friends, yes. like that have Twitter, like all the um, like sport people he knows and other people in the industry. Um, and he was like retweeting and responding to all of them. He was like. Thanks, darling, I think, to, like, Ellie Goulding and, like, yes. just all these, like, fun tweets. So go scroll through his Twitter. But it's just, like, uh, nice to see him keeping up with, like, different relationships and doing it publicly so we can see, too. <laughs> um, oh, Lou Teasdale, um, who was One Direction's makeup and hairstylist while they were touring, um, uh, posted a photo of... Her and Niall with the caption, HBD, happy birthday, uh, phone perv, miss ya, X. But the picture that she posted was totally adorable, um, and it makes me really want to cuddle with Niall because Aww. he just looks like he's a really cuddly person in the photo. So true, wow. Um, and then Louie, only boy of One Direction who tweeted Niall, posted a, po a picture on Instagram 
with the caption, Massive happy birthday, Niall. Miss you always, X. Hashtag rap scene watch out. <laughs> and it was a picture of him and Niall, like, looking like they're doing some beatboxing or rapping or something. They got their hoods up. Um, and I feel like this is a picture we've seen before from somewhere. I feel like I it's a know. meet and greet picture. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. So I, like, I want to know how he got a hold of this photo. That's so true. Like, where did he, <laughs> did Google? he Google? Like, Niall <laughs> Louie rapping? Like... I swear to God, we need to find the search that he did. <laughs> um, but I thought that was cute. It's nice that um, Louie uh, said that and, or posted a photo uh, dedicated to Niall. I feel like he's one to do that and Niall's one to do it back. And Liam, maybe. I don't know, but... No one else commented. Wait, I didn't realize Louis said "miss you always." Was there anything that's really cute to me? Like it is. Wow, I didn't even see that part. I was too busy like looking at the rap scene. Watch out! Like, (laughs) wow. Um, Yeah, it's nice. I feel like he. It shows like he really cares and loves Niall, which is always what I want to see. And Niall tweeted in response to just the birthday wishes he's gotten in general. He said, "Thank you all so much for all your birthday wishes. Really appreciate it." It's going to be a big week of messin, <laughs> which the lingo is not in my dictionary, but I suppose that means party, having fun, messin. I don't know. Um, but, Kara, if you could tell Niall something on his big day, what would you tell him? Um, keep on, keep it on. Don't keep ever on, change. Um, have a great summer. Um, <laughs> What's, what are all those other things you put in your books in middle school? Hags, uh, have a great summer. Remember me when you're famous. Oh, yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Niall turned 23. Big news story. Um, <laughs> all right, next news story, also about Niall, was that his Instagram got hacked on his birthday, or, like, sort of the night before slash on, depending on where you were in the world. Um, but I was just chilling, doing my homework, and then, bam, there was, like, six new posts from Niall's Instagram, and I was like, what is going on? Like, is this birthday-related? Opened it, immediately realized it was hacked. Um, and, yeah, it sucks for him. Um, the person was posting pictures on, um, of posting links to other Instagram accounts and, like, screenshots of other Instagram accounts, and a Snapchat was in there. Whoa. Uh, and, like, maybe a Twitter Um, and it looks like based on some of the pictures that he had been planning or they had been planning to do this hack for a while, like a a number of days because they had a picture of like saying like soon we'll be hacking Niles or something. Um, and, and also it looked as though they'd hacked different people's Twitters before. Um, and Niall was the biggest one that they decided to hack. And that's stupid, and you should that's have so creepy, like so creepy. Wow! And like there was one video clip that they posted that was a really odd like video. I don't even know what it was. It was Ooh. like this just creepiness. Ew! Um, I just like and- don't understand this because it's like if you have the like technological capability and like knowledge to hack into someone's famous like Instagram or Twitter obviously that takes like a lot of skill so why don't you go get get a job in like computer science or something and make like a lot of money like there's so much money to be made instead of like posting these stupid things on Instagram like go out and get some millions of dollars from like 
I don't know, by the time you're like 22, like you can get so much money from doing that kind of stuff, dude. Like, don't settle for this kind of creepy stuff. Like, Like, why are you wasting your day doing this? Like, how is this productive? Yeah. It's just not. Um, But Niall ended up responding by tweeting, Something mad is going on with my Insta. Clearly some fool hacked it, but they tagged themselves in it, dot dot dot. Uh, which I thought this was an interesting response. Um, but yeah, and then I know hashtag respect Niall was trending on Twitter. That's always good. Um, by fans, and hopefully he wasn't too worked up about it, but it just sucks that, like, their privacy is broken into like that. I don't think the person deleted any of his, um, posts or anything, which Mm -hmm. is good, but, um, yeah, just not great. Yeah. Um, then we have a Zane story. Um, and this is about Zane's autobiography being confirmed. Uh, his book called Zane, big surprise there. Are you kidding me? Out. <laughs> no. Oh my god, why didn't he name it like a Zook or something? Or the <laughs> that Zori? amazing. Oh my god. You really should like be a part of his book team. I know, just like change everything to a Z and they're just like, yes, standing <laughs> ovation, $20,000 bonus for Kara Brand for coming up with Zook. Like... <laughs> Um, so that's coming out November 1st, oh, wow. which is soon, um, which means it's probably been in the works for a while, um, and it apparently will share a photographic journey of his life, um, and I was just wondering, like, if that means 1D photos, too? I don't really know. I mean, that would be so awkward if, like, years, <laughs> like, when he was 16 to, what, 21, 22? We're just like missing. <laughs> like, they were just like they just like blurred out Louis's face, like in all of them. Like they put emojis over oh all my of them. <laughs> um, but if you um, follow the links from Zane's Twitter, you can go to like Amazon or different um, bookstores and the website for the book, which is on Zane's own website in zane.com or whatever. Um, and there's a little description which I'm gonna read. It says. The first and only official book from Zane, global superstar Zane, shares a photographic journey of his life since leaving One Direction. Zane opens up with this collection of thoughts, inspiration, and never-before-seen personal photographs. After five years of a massive success with One Direction, Zane launched his career as a solo artist with Mind of Mine, becoming one of the most successful artists in the world. Now, for the first time ever, Zane is going to tell and show all... In all in this intimate and raw scrapbook of his life. Never before released photos give readers insight to Zane. No holds barred? I feel like that's not how like, the saying goes, but okay. I have no idea. There was confusing vocabulary in this. Yeah. Um, gorgeously designed with hundreds of photo- full-color photographs and Zane's notes, drawings, and song lyrics and personal stories, the book captures Zane's most private moments and his candid feelings on fame, success, music, and life. The next chapter of Zane's evolution into global superstar told by the artist who is living it. And Zane commented, I'm going to show you as much as I can so that you can judge me on my own terms, not on what the press or anyone else says. Um, so it seems like it's going to be a book, like, about his, like, childhood, rise to fame, and transition into a solo artist. Um, what do you think of it, Kara? Okay, first of all, this little blurb, like, I totally forgot that Zane, like, his official solo name is Zane in all capital letters, because it's so jarring to just see, like, the word Zane, like, 
in all capitals in like a normal like sentence like this like it's yeah. so weird i don't know um also the words that really <laughs> stuck out to me here was intimate and raw scrapbook of his life <laughs> like the fact that they're trying to make this a hardcore thing but then calling it a scrapbook like could you just see like some like you know like stay-at-home moms just like i don't even know like could you, i just like raw scrapbook like you never think of like intense and scrapbook yeah. in the same sentence i just yeah i'm i'm really That's intrigued funny. and also like full color photographs as if this is like the 1920s or something <laughs> like full color was just being invented I don't know when that was invented don't oh get on me I've taken photography classes I should know but anyway um I don't know I mean I'm excited $20 isn't too too bad um I'm sure like these kind of things get leaked online pretty easily um especially when it's yeah. photos and stuff but um mm. I really like the idea of um him just like um putting all this out there and so like in his words, like, you can judge me on his own terms. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool of him. Um, and I think that, like, I feel like this is probably the most personal we're going to get with Zane, uh, as, at least for now, because he doesn't seem like the type of guy who goes to the press and does, like, a tell-all kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. Or even, like, really opens up too much in interviews. So I think that, like, this kind of thing where he can be, like, completely behind the scenes and just kind of release it into the world... Um, I think that's like the best way we're gonna get really an insight to his mind so I mean I think it could be interesting yeah and I'm most excited about like the drawings and notes yeah. and like little things that we might get and like lyrics that like he did that didn't make it on the album or something I think that'd be so cool yeah that would be really interesting um I think it'll be good like I know um back in that uh famous uh was it in Brazil? The weed video. Yeah, I was thinking that of that out. too. Yeah. Um, he and Louis were talking about not wanting to like put out merchandise that's very gimmicky for fans and like fans wanted something more real. So I'm wondering if this is going to lean more to like what he talked about wanting or if it'll be sort of like the picture books that a lot of like One Direction things have put out or like, sorry, musicians or artists, um, like that they put out with pictures and just sort of things that are more surface level. Um, in that um, video, in th that video, he talked about, like, kids, kid rocks, like, little, like, picture, uh, book of pictures, and he said he wanted something like that, whereas more, like, he, it wasn't, like, he just liked the style of that, and he liked the pictures and stuff. I don't think he was against the pictures. I think he was against, like, the, what's your favorite color? Like, right, when were yeah. you born? So I think he, because he said, like, he knew that fans, like, had already, like, heard all this stuff, so he mm -hmm. wanted to, like, you know, be more authentic and, like, have, like, you know, actually get to know, like, put himself out there instead of just being, like, mm -hmm. what's your favorite animal? Like, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, Yeah, so I'm hoping it's more like that. I'm hoping, because, like, if you can't, like, say that you were against that, doing that in One Direction and, like, uh -huh. I don't know, and then go do the exact same thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And if he's trying to create a more adult image, I don't think it's going to be that gimmicky. No, yeah. Um, so it, we'll have to see, and I'm sure we'll get more information as the, the date comes out, but it's not too far away. November 1st is, like, a month and a half away, mm -hmm. so that's good. Um, and then I was wondering, too, if it's, like, more pictures, there probably won't be an audiobook, but if there is, like, autobiographical things, will there be an audiobook that goes along with it, and will Zane narrate that, narrate that just like One Direction narrated their autobiography? Hmm. I'm not sure. I really don't know. 
<laughs> I would like that, and I would like Zane to narrate, although it's hard to understand what he says half the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just wanted to say, speaking of audiobooks, um, you guys should go to audibletrial.com slash talkdirection for your first free audiobook. Um, we're going to be doing more book clubs and audiobook, and if there ever is a Zane audiobook, that would be something that would be cool to discuss. Um, but yeah, you can get your first free book if you sign up um, using that link. Um, and how do you think the book is going to sell, Kara? Do you think it'll go to number one on Amazon? I know that's already number one in, like, the teen, like, autobiography section, but will hmm. it go to number one or be, like, a bestseller New York Times book? Dang, I don't really know, because I feel like he's not going to go on, like, a press tour for this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of just relying on his fan hype for it. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if he hypes it up as, like, this being, like, this, you know, raw, intense scrapbook, then I feel like people will buy it because, like, they want to know the deets. But then also, like, yeah. people can just, like, get that information once, like, one person buys it and, like, links it mm-hmm. online. So it's, like, yeah. that's the problem with these kind of books. It's not, like, a novel where you have to buy it to, like, to, like, right. get it. So I don't know. We'll have to right. see. Yeah, we will have to see, as we say about most news stories here <laughs> on Talk Direction. So um, it's always a waiting game. Um, and our last news story is also about Zane. He attended New York Fashion Week. Um, it was this past week. And there's been pictures of him going to the Tom Ford show. Um, and his girlfriend, Gigi, is a model. And she also, like, worked with Tommy Hilfiger. Figure? I don't know how to say that. Um, designing clothing. And, um, she was in a lot of shows. So he was there in New York with her. Um, what do you think of this suit, or can you describe the suit he wore to the Tom Ford? How do you think he looks? Well, he has a bit of scruff going on. He is in, like, a double-breasted jacket, if that's what it's called, right? When it's, like, the two buttons on the inside? I don't really know. Mm -hmm. He is in a very... That's a turtleneck. I was gonna say a high-necked thing. That's a turtleneck. (laughs) Um, with black trouser pants and, like, some just, like, black dress shoes. Um, he looks very dapper. I think he looks kind of like an art collector, or, like, really someone who, like, manages, like, an art gallery or something. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like he would just be in some form of art world. I guess he kind of is because he's at a, you know, the fashion week. Um, but I think, like, it looks like his hair is lighter, although I know it's not, but it must be the lighting because, like, on the top it almost looks like auburn. Um, yeah, I think it's the lighting because yeah. in some of the other pictures it's all dark. Yeah, but doesn't it, um, like, doesn't he, like, his hair looks so much yeah. lighter in these pictures. It's so interesting. Yeah. It's weird, um, but I do like the black on black on black suit thing going on, and it sort of like goes up the turtleneck, like goes up into his beard, which goes yeah. up into his hair, and yeah. it's just like it's like he's almost wearing like one of those um, cold day like ski things. Oh yeah, <laughs> not like a that. not like a ski ha- like uh, the ones that just go circle around your head. I don't oh know. yeah, okay, I get you. Um, but and then there was also pictures of him just walking around at New York Fashion Week in New York City. Um, and there's some of him and Gigi and Taylor Swift all going out to dinner, and he's looking pretty good. And it's really funny to see, like, him and Gigi, like, coordinating their outfits, um, <sighs> which I thought uh, was most relevant in this one, where I think they're walking out of a hotel or something, and she's wearing red, white, and blue, and he's wearing a Rolling Stones shirt that has the tongue and the British flag, and it's red, white, and blue. And I just thought, like, wow, they are a great-looking couple. They're so like, they've got, beautiful. Like, they're matching boots, Unreal. and they're matching color-coordinated. Like, I want to know, like, do they 
sit there and be like, okay, so this is what I'm wearing, so this is what you need to wear, so we look really good together. That'd be so fun. A happy coincidence. Um, yeah, because I mean, you know you're going to get papped, so you're like, might as well have like a cohesive color palette. And also yeah. it's funny because Gigi's mom's in the background of this picture yeah. too, and she's also wearing red, white, and blue. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think also red, white, and blue is the Tommy Hill figure. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like that. Um, colors, but it's also, and which Gigi um, is like doing working with and i think the mom might be wearing some of the clothing yeah. because the buttons look like uh the the designer's yeah. clothing um but zane's is not i don't think zane's is that rolling stones no. teacher is not but he like is coordinating with the colors too mm-hmm. so that's nice and you said you really like Gigi's boots in this one too yeah i love the like little like metal detailing on the front because i think it just it's so cool and like i don't know it's awesome i'd love to somehow fasten some of that for like my own boots or something <laughs> on like $20 goodwill boots oh yeah like literally put a paper clip Attach on my boot some hardware yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then Gigi's also been putting pictures of Zane on her Instagram stories which have been very cute God and bless. one of them is a picture of Zane playing a guitar um with the caption morning handsome and so it looks like Zane's learning to play the guitar and knows, knows how to play honestly I feel like, like all these boys have been learning posing. for years <laughs> I know, they really have. I'm like, I need to see some, like, outcomes. I know, where's the talent show? Literally, (laughs) Harry better be playing guitar for his... I swear, like, he's been practicing for years now. Like, I feel like he should be good and shock the world with being able to play. He could literally play hot cross buns, and I'd be like, (laughs) honestly, talented, multifaceted, this incredible human being, and just, like, buy 20 copies of Hot Cross Buns by Harry Styles. Very true. But, like, he has enough friends where he could learn, learn, you know? Yeah, it's so true. Let's hope this all pans out for them. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, on to our main discussion. Uh, Our discussion today, as we promise, is very feminist-y. Um, I was debating on what to do the discussion on because I was like, oh, if we do, like, the feminism in one direction, that's gonna, like, take a lot of planning, and I didn't plan till last night, (laughs) and I I couldn't really think of anything else, so I was like, screw it, let me just start planning this, and I got really into it, and sort of realized that it's such a big topic Mm -hmm. that you can't possibly be like, okay, I'm gonna cover everything in one episode. Oh, yeah, of course, Like, we have about an hour to discuss this. Um, after news is done. So we're going to just like get through what we can get through and try to make it fun and exciting and use One Direction as a way to talk about feminism, which is always a good thing. Um, so yeah, because I think I've mentioned this a number of times that when we started this podcast, one of the goals, we had a lot of goals, but one of them was to talk about um, really important issues and like feminism and this type of stuff in a way that was relatable to young people, um, because I think we both experienced it where um, sometimes people talking about not even just feminist stuff, but just, like, news or things going on in the world or things that you should know about and, like, be interested in in a way that makes it either, like, very confusing and hard to understand or, like, well, if you don't already know this, like you're stupid, or you should already, like, you're so, you're so behind, we're so advanced and ahead of you, and then you can get turned off because you feel like, well, I don't want to, like, learn about something where everyone's going to shun me because I haven't learned these things Mm -hmm. yet type of thing. Um, how, have you experienced that, Kara? I've definitely seen, um, other people, which I can understand because, like, it's kind of, um, I don't know, like, there's something to be said 
like from just like ignorance because you don't know something or willingful ignorance and if someone mm -hmm. is like willing to learn and they genuinely did not know that what they were mm -hmm. doing was like wrong or hurtful and they like <clears throat> are willing to change I think that's like that's what you have to look for I think you have to see how they react after you tell them that what they're doing is harmful or hurtful um mm -hmm. so I mean I don't know I think that like the best way to do that is like kind of just by like education and um mm -hmm. come through on a level playing field and don't pretend or don't act like you're you know like you know everything because we're all learning and um I think that's like the most important part is to just like be open to learn and be open to critique yeah completely agree um I'm gonna try to I was listening back when I uh, edited last episode and realized that after every time you said something I'm like yeah definitely definitely me though <laughs> I say like yes or um every or like time. So I'm going to try to, like, put in some new vocabulary in my responses to you. We'll see how that goes. Just Google, Probably like, the source well. and just look I up know. definitely. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I've also experienced that, especially, like, the sort of um, jargon side of it, where yeah. you're, like, trying to learn about a subject or get more into it, but, like, you sort of get to a wall because either the vocabulary that's used in certain articles is maybe above what you can understand. Uh, right now I'm in a queer studies class and it's super interesting. Um, but even I was sitting in class the other day and like I've taken a lot of sciences and psych classes and psych is science um, as well. And like I'm, I haven't been in a ton of like more social side class. I mean, I have because I've taken like women's studies and history courses and all this, but like I don't know, not like Englishy. So like my vocabulary is not as good as other people's vocabulary. Plus, like I just didn't put time into learning words. <laughs> um, but like I was literally sitting in class and the teacher was having a discussion with one kid and they were going back and forth about something. And like I didn't even know what they were talking about Ugh. because they were using words that I just not even words like related to the subject, but just like words that like sh share an opinion or something that I couldn't understand. And I was like, well, I, I can't like, I can't participate in this or I can't be engaged in this because I don't understand. Um, and I think that happens a lot um, because these things are discussed really academically rather than more colloquially. And I think that can turn young people off. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're going to try to talk about these things in understandable ways and, like, ways that make it interesting to learn about and be feminist in, like, a young, relatable way, you know? Yeah, because, like, once you learn about feminism, you're going to apply it to every single aspect of your life. Like, it's mm -hmm. not something you can, like, turn off. You can't just be like, I'm not going to, like, think about this in a feminist way because it just, like, it permeates your entire life and being. It really does. And I remember, like, um, when... I first started really coming into, like, learning about feminism in my freshman year of college. Um, like, it was just so, like, eye-opening yeah. and, like, oh my god. Like, how was I not looking through this lens my entire life? Now, I can't even imagine what it was like going through life not, like, thinking about these things all the time. It's so weird. And, like, to see other yeah. people... I don't know. It, it's just, it just wild because, like, I don't know, like, talking about people and, like, talking with people in your life who don't think the ex I mean not that it's like you have to think the exact same way but like sometimes it's frustrating when they are not on the same like level of um like feminist mm -hmm. understanding I guess right. um which I mean if they're willing to learn that's obviously the most important and best thing mm -hmm. but if they're not mm -hmm. then that's the where it gets frustrating yeah and I'm so happy we both sort of I feel like we both had this like growth like at two different places like you know in our freshman year where like we had very similar sort of learning 
paths and are on the same page for a lot of things and we're constantly like sending things back and forth and discussing them which I think is cool yeah and Um, I think also you're like constantly growing your definition of feminism because I remember like mm -hmm. learning about in like freshman and sophomore year of high school but like my definition of feminism like I didn't know what intersectionality was which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. and like my definition was basically very feminist 101 you know like dress code Mm -hmm. stuff and like rape culture stuff but I didn't know like I because I'm a white woman I don't I you know, I didn't think of the intersectionality of, um, you know, race and gender, um, uh, like, outside the gender binary, which we'll get into, but, like, you know, you'll you'll yeah. always be growing, and, like, don't think that you'll yeah. have to know everything, like, right away, because, like, no right. one does. Right. And if you are feeling like you're in a position where you do know a lot, which is what I felt like coming out of freshman year, and I remember going back home and sort of trying to, like, talk about these things with my family and share it with my sisters. Um, and I think I came across as someone who thought they knew better than everyone else. And like my ideas, like my feminism was the right type mm. of feminism and I knew stuff. And I think I was very sort of um, like overbearing mm. and like didn't allow, I, I think I was like mean and like, how could you not understand this? Yeah. And like um, not the way I should have been. And that closed people off to like understanding and talking about these things um so I know I'm definitely guilty of that um so I think it's just like key is what you said earlier about growth and that's just going to be a key theme while we talk about all this and being open to growing and knowing that you're not always right and open to different people's perspectives and that we're sort of all on our journey to understanding yeah for sure um okay so let's just get into it Uh, I wanted to start with um, the definition of feminism and what feminism means to you. And I have a lot of bullet points. We can sort of just like fluidly go through it. And don't worry, people who are listening, this does all relate to One Direction. There's a lot of One Direction things we're going to be talking about. Um, But I just wanted to go over the definition of feminism first to sort of um, set the scene. Uh, what what to what to you is feminism? Oh God, I feel like I'm in a beauty pageant. Um, <laughs> I feel like feminism. The definition is like ever growing, um, and you know, mm-hmm. um, I think most importantly, it stands for equality for all, um, like you know, um, race, class, gender, sexuality, um, everything, like uh, ability, status. My. Um understanding of feminism is ever-growing, like you said, and it definitely, to me, means equality in all the areas that you mentioned, and sort of an understanding and accepting and um, wanting uh, to move forward and grow and learn about other people and learn about their experiences and really hearing from different people and their own experiences. Um, I think you were sort of mentioning that... um, like, with race and gender and sexuality and ability and all these different things, it's not like people who are all women are going to have the same experiences. And a key part of feminism is understanding uh, how um, different parts of people's identities work in ways um, that shape their experiences and shape what they're dealing with and, like, maybe approaching um, sort of feminism and approaching like uh certain areas of feminism like equality for women is not the same for every person and shouldn't just sort of be blanketed in one way um so i wanted to say what does feminism not mean Mm -hmm. and what it often gets 
mistaken to be and talk about that. Um, for me, I mean, I think the first mistake, the more like general, like, um, one that people call out is feminism being man-hating and like women are better than men and, and like, uh, uh, feminists are all lesbians or like women who don't shave and this and that. Um, and I think that's maybe one that's more talked about. Um, and you can find a lot of people being like, no, feminism isn't man-hating. It's about women wanting to be equal to men. Um, do you have commentary on that one, Kara? Yeah, I don't think that there's anything um, that... Because, um, like, when... I don't know. I don't, I don't want to uh, distance myself from that because, like, shaving and being a lesbian isn't something that isn't, is bad in any way. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that it also, like, this is when, like, history kind of comes into play because, um, during, like, I think it was, like, the 60s, um, when there was a big feminist movement, um, there was, like, the media was, like, trying to, um, like, stamp it out and by putting all of these, um, sort of, like, by, like, devaluing feminists and the feminist movement and sort of just, like, showing it as this, like, silly women, like, man-hating women who, like, don't have actual ideas and actual, like, um, you know, goals, um, and just kind of, like, writing it off. It made it easier to, like, not, they didn't obviously stamp out the movement, but, like, sort of write it off and just, like, make it a joke, um, and that we definitely still see those, um, stereotypes uh, come into play today, um, and I think that's why it's it's so crazy because it's obviously been prevalent for like so many years, like fifty plus years now, um, that those same stereotypes are coming on, and it's just used to write off um, feminism. Right. Yeah. Um, that was well said. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you. I think also another um, one that I constantly see, and it's not something that is, like, openly talked about, or I don't hear it talked about, but it really frustrates me every time I see it, and there's a lot of, like, pictures and, like, gifts that are supposed to be really, like, supportive and, like, pro-feminism and stuff, where people will be like, feminism is literally women wanting to be equal to men, or, like, you see, like, pictures of, like, women, and feminism is not women above men, it's women equal to men, um, And, like, while that is an aspect of feminism, of women wanting to have to be looked at as equals to men, I think sort of boiling it down to that and saying this feminism is simply this, um, it takes away from all the other things we just talked about feminism being. Mm -hmm. And it also puts gender in a binary, which, like, is a big thing that I disagree with and don't like that that's the way it sort of is boiled down to, like, women wanting to be equal to men, because you're like, wait, but we're also talking about, like, people who don't identify in the binary, and it's also about race, and it's also about class, and it's also about, like, sexuality, and it's not just, like, this one thing, um, and it's, and I think It's so complicated, yeah. It's so much more complicated than that. It also, in some ways, shuts down the fact that like, feminism is for all genders, yeah. and it affects all genders, not just women. Um, and so that's, I mean, it's not its not a, a bad thing to say, but I think it's just a more, like, naive perspective, yeah. or, like, not as broad as I would want it to be. 
And I don't like when people say, like, I'm a feminist. It simply means that I think women should have equal rights. No, it doesn't. It means more than that. It means that, like, everyone should have equal rights. And it's about a lot of different things. And Yeah, I think it's, like, the case of kind of boiling it down so, like, it makes it more palatable to, like, right. the average person. But you don't want to do that because right. then it just, like, I don't even know. It's just taking away from all the other aspects. It's, like, you don't want to, like, right. like you know, put it on the ground level because if people can't even get to that, like... I don't know, then it's just, it's just not even worth your time trying to explain mm-hmm. that. Because if they can't even, like, literally handle that, then what is mm-hmm. the point of... Right. It just, it's really frustrating. Right. And I think, like, something I find more... Something maybe boiled down to an easy, like, thing would be saying, like, gender equality. I like that term a lot better than, like, women and men being equal because I think that's more inclusive, mm-hmm. saying gender equality, if you wanted to boil it down to just talking about gender. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into One Direction and um, feminism. And my first question is, what in the One Direction fa- band um, and fandom help illustrate what feminism means? And using One Direction to uh, sort of give listeners a more accessible way to understand what feminism is by example. Mm. Um, The first point I have is fan fiction, which we mentioned earlier. Um, And we did way back when episode, uh, fandom episodes, um, right near the beginning, talking about fan fiction a lot. Um, And we talked about it in that it is definitely an expression of sexuality um, for a lot of people. Um, It is able to talk about gender and sexuality in ways that a lot of mainstream, um, uh, what is it called? Like, content? Like, Mm -hmm. media? Does not. Um, It almost becomes this, like, community of a lot of uh, women writing, Mm -hmm. um, talking about things that they're not allowed to talk about in um, other aspects of their life uh, because that's not appropriate for women. Uh, Women aren't allowed to think of sexual things. And, um, uh, and I think it it also, uh, one of the big things was that in a lot of fan fiction, it sort of normalizes different genders and sexualities, um, rather than having like a story be all about this person that is like transgender or all about this person being gay and like the whole story revolves around their sexuality. Rather, it just like shows someone who happens to be gay and like it's just a part of their life, but it's not like their complete identity. And oh, look, uh, people who are gay also have lives and like Whoa. have relationships and have friendships and do everything like you know, everyone else. Um, what do you have to say about? fanfiction yeah i am just like a such a dedicated proponent of fanfiction from like day one and i think that like it just like for one it's creative writing like are you kidding me the stuff that i have read in fanfiction is better written than a lot of the ya books i have like read over the years um and they're doing it for free i am just like completely Mm -hmm. always astounded by like people who like take months and months and write like hundreds of thousands of words um, for free, for everyone to, like, I don't even know, consume for free. And then mm-hmm. it just, like... Accessibility. Yes, huge exactly. Accessibility. accessibility. Because not only are they doing it... Um, I mean, they're doing it for free, and that equals, like, people who um, maybe aren't able to afford other forms of media can afford 
like a free like as long as you have internet and a computer um, or like access to internet um, you can have this free like story that maybe like you can identify with more than even media mm -hmm. you could pay for which I think is like honestly an invaluable resource um, mm -hmm. and I just I really think that it's like so awesome that it just like I don't know builds a really awesome community um, that just you can find literally anything and I think that like um, it's really, it's so important and represent, representation is like one of the most important things um, mm -hmm. that I think we need to like work better um, to do in, in media, especially a lot of, a lot of um, TV shows in, uh, in particular are killing off queer characters and um, I know that a lot of people are frustrated about it, uh, myself included, um, especially when like, you know, when we get the representation, but then they're killed off. But then we have like other stories that we can lean back on where like it's not like, you know, put on by like actual media producers, but it's like, the you know, people themselves who are like, you know, um, like producing stories that reflect themselves and I think it's it's really awesome mm -hmm. um, because like if we can't get representation in the actual like you know mainstream media at least we have this other like underground community that we can like you know find like a place in yeah and, and it's coming from like people who are young and experiencing these things and going through these things um, and and it becomes a way to build a community too like you have, I often comment on people's work, and you, you end up responding and talking and making friends, and, like, it's not just something where, like, you read a book and then you can never talk to the mm -hmm. author about it, or you read a book and you have no one to talk to about it. Like, it's this, like, living, breathing thing where, like, you're in interaction with, like, readers and writers, and it's just, like, not something that's seen elsewhere, I don't think. Um, and, and because it is, like, free and p not, like, going through the published system, yeah. you get, you get so much more flexibility in what you're able to read and write about. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, like, processed by what's gonna sell, yep. like, um, and so, yes, feminism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> feminism and fanfiction. We could, like, do a whole episode about that. Uh, honestly, I could just talk about it forever. I love just, like, thinking about how fanfiction came to be. Honestly, we should do a whole episode. I think we, like, talked about it a lot in our fandom episode, but, like, I could talk yeah. about it even more. I could rehash that. That was a year ago. That's like, true. Like, who I knows what we talk said? About it We're all over such again. a different pe person. Like, we really you know, are. you're a different person than I was, like, while I was talking about, fan like, fanfiction five seconds ago, so... Exactly. Constantly growing and changing. True. Um, another aspect of the One Direction fandom that I pinpointed as feminist is Rainbow Direction, which is an organization that we've mentioned that is um, LGBTQ plus community supportive. A lot of fans get together at concerts. Um, if they want to like feel like they're supported and safe at concerts, they'll buy seats near each other or meet up before um, to, like, hang out and be together and accept people, no matter their gender and sexuality. Um, 1D Fans Gives also raises money. That's the one associated with it, right? Yep. Raises money for different, um, queer organizations. Um, I think they do it also for Harry's birthday and donate a whole bunch of money to different queer organizations, um, which is really important. Um, and it's just, like, a really awesome community in the One Direction fandom. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you have stuff to say about Rainbow Direction? Um, no, I just love that even though One Direction's on hiatus, they're still, you know, working, um, to, like, um, you know, raise money for the different charities for their birthdays and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, and the next one is young women running huge Twitter accounts. Um, I think this is seen as very feministy because a lot of times young women are not validated in what they do and are not sort of seen as contributors to society. Um, but having people running really big Twitter accounts and creating art and writing fan fiction and making podcasts and just talking about things that they like and um, validating them amongst each other uh, is is a very important part of the fandom. Um, I don't know really where I'm going with that, Kara. Do you want to say something? Um, I mean, I just think that, like, um, these young women who run these huge successful accounts aren't, like, you know, people that a business would hire, but, like, a lot of times they have a bunch more followers than, like, an actual, you know, brand or business. So clearly they're doing something right. Um, so I think that it's just, like, really cool and just kind of, like, sticks it to, like, the mainstream, whatever, brands and businesses that, like, young women can be, like, smart and savvy um, without, mm-hmm. like, their approval, I guess. Yeah, and, like, all by themselves. It wasn't like there was someone, some man going, this is how you're going to run your Twitter account and get half a million followers. Like, no. No, no. They did it themselves. Like, it's completely, like, self-run and self-built, which is just so cool. And while I don't think those are acknowledged yet in society, um, but, like, I'm acknowledging them and saying how important they are. Uh, And, like, when you have that many people following you and reading what you do... Um, you have a lot of influence, and whether it's related to One Direction or you're tweeting about, like, upcoming elections or things that are going on in the world and different things, you end up having a lot of influence, which is very, very important, um, especially when you're young and you're reaching out to other young people. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then we have just, like, One Direction songs. So the one that we've talked about, Girl Almighty, as one of the most feminist songs, um, One Direction does. We should do a top 10, like, feminist songs. That's true, <laughs> like, yeah. Top top 10 least feminist songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, Girl Almighty, we had an episode comparing that to Steal My Girl, which is really, uh, sort of goes into depth about this. Um, but obviously that song, um, I think means a lot to people, and people recognize it, not only as a song they love, but also a song that really represents women in a good way, which is not always the case in music and even in One Direction's mm-hmm. music. Um, do you have stuff to say about Girl Almighty? I mean, I just love how be- has like those two words have become basically like an anthem in themselves. And I think that like, I don't know, I think it's like even grown bigger than just the like just One Direction. I mean, I think it's um, one just like a huge thing within the One Direction fandom. But I love that like, outside if someone had a tattoo of girl almighty like you you're automatically gonna know that it's like um like you know a female empowerment thing which is awesome Mm -hmm. but also i think i love that like there's this little like kind of code that we have as like the one direction fandom that's like not only super like feminist but like also has to deal with like one direction like i think it just like really like bridges the best of both worlds in my opinion it really, really does. Because that word does, it takes on a new meaning when you think of what it means to the fandom and what it means to, like, young women um, and coming from something also One Direction, which is often devalued because women are interested into it. Mm-hmm. In it. Um, it is a really uh, interesting, like, 
symbol in the fandom. I love it. And I know there's so many people out there with um, Girl Almighty tattoos, and I love it. And, oh, man. We should get them. I know. <laughs> I know. Honestly, <laughs> like, I don't know how we don't have them by now, except for, like, money and time and pain, but... And indecisive. <laughs> that's so true. I'm very indecisive, but I feel like... Who knows? I don't know. I'm, oh God, I'm going to be like 60 and finally getting my girl Almighty tattoo. Maybe 80. Like, let's be real. Yeah. My skin's going to be In too saggy for them. When I die. Yeah. Oh my God. Give me a, <laughs> give me a talk direction. No, girl, give me a girl Almighty tattoo and a talk direction tattoo. I mean, I'm dead. Like, who cares? Exactly. Um, and then another one I had were just like um, the mothers of the boys and some of the women who do work with the boys. Um, like Lou Teasdale, Sarah's Kitchen, who caters for there um, when they're on tour. Lou Teasdale's their hair and makeup artist. And then the mothers are the mothers. Um, and I think the mothers of the boys are looked at by the fandom in particular, are some of the women associated with the boys that are looked at in the best light, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, they're often praised for raising their sons. I know Anne and Louie's mom, and, like, they're, ra- they're they're sort of praised for raising their sons in a really respectful way, I guess. Um, also, they do their own charity work, which is awesome. Yeah, they do. They have, like, their own... I know Anne does a whole bunch of charity. She's always also interacting with, like, fans. So is Louie's mom. Louie's mom has been a huge part of a lot of the charities that Louie's been involved with. Yeah. Um, just doing a lot of awesome things, and it seems to me that they are... Um, really good role models uh, to young women um, looking up to these mothers who've not only raised um, their kids really well and raised their sons well, but just, like, they're really awesome women in general for themselves. Uh, and uh, I think I think that's cool. I know Harry's sister as well, Gemma, um, is quite... Uh, well looked upon by the fandom, yeah. looked on by the fandom, um, which isn't always the case for women who are associated with the boys, and we'll definitely get into that at some point, whether or not it's on this episode. Um, but it's cool to have these role models. I know I definitely look up to Gemma um, as someone who's only a couple years older than me, but she's very relatable in the way she talks about things, and she's interested in like writing, and I read her articles that she writes, and... Um, I just, I feel like just the way she, I I see her as someone who, like, is very much, like, doing her own thing and wearing what she wants and, like, dyeing her hair because she wants to and not, like, sticking to a lot of the, like, roles that women are supposed to have. I think Lou Teasdale as well um, sort of represents uh, that, like, independence and, like, I do what I want. I'm not gonna, like, fit to some mold because some dude told me to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think those are good people to look up to. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, and then in terms of the boys, I wanted to talk about some of the things that, and not necessarily go into them in depth because we have talked about them before, but um, some of the things each boy or some of the boys in particular have done uh, that are that we see as very feminist. Um, the first boy I want to talk about is Niall. And, um, the thing that I'm constantly reminded of is when he brings up golf and women and he, and, and talking about wanting to encourage women to start golfing and being sort of, it seems like equally interested in women's golf and where that's progressing as men's golf. And I see him talking about, uh, professional female golfers, 
um, as well as male golfers. And I think professional sports are often seen as like male dominated or are male dominated. And it's a really nice, just kind of reminder that, um, just to have Niall who is a guy and could just be like solely focused on like men in golf and that, but he's definitely not. And I really appreciate that. Um, do you have other things that Niall have done or commentary on Niall and golf and women? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I think the like encouraging women um, to join golf is like a really awesome thing. Um, I mean, like women are killing the sports game, but like still somehow um, they're not like completely recognized. Like Serena Williams, Simone, Simone Biles, and um, you know, I mean, that also goes into um, you know racism and misogyny against Black women, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think it's, like, I think it's awesome that Niall is, like, really um, using, like, this, like, his passion of, like, golf and um, trying to get, like, um, you know, women more recognized into the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, anything about the other boys besides Harry that you know of? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking um, Louis, like, working to create the girl band is really awesome because I think yeah. that, um, you know, uh, girl bands... Um, especially aren't, I mean, it's so wild because you think like Spice Girls are like such a huge, hugely successful, popular, um, Mm -hmm. you know, well-known band, girl band, but somehow um, they're still not seen as like a marketable thing. And uh, I mean, um, you know, Little Mix and Fifth Harmony are doing well for themselves, but they, um, it's been like a harder road, I know, especially for Little Mix to get Mm -hmm. um, kind of success that like One Direction has had. Um, even though Little Mix is, you know, out there, and Fifth Harmony too, like, um, incredible vocals, incredible, you know, stage presence, um, doing dances, like, crazy dances and high heels, um, and, like, even, like, I don't know, One Direction is allowed to, like, forget the words sometimes for their songs, and it just kind of laughed off, but I think if a woman did that, um, she'd be looked down upon as being unprofessional and just being like, oh, why wasn't, like, why didn't she know the words? Like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with her? Like, she shouldn't be performing. Like, that kind of stuff. I think that, like, they're definitely held to different standards. And I think it's awesome that Louis is, um, like, we talked about in a couple episodes ago, um, the women, or the young girls that he's putting together in this band, like, they play their own instruments, they write their own music, they sing their own music. Like, that's awesome. Like, they have all this autonomy over their own stuff. And the fact that they aren't going to, like, have to... I mean, obviously, they're going to have people um, that, like, help with their, like, writing their songs and everything. But I think that they're going to have, like, a lot of hands-on process. So they're not just kind of, like, molded into whatever everyone wants them to be. And I hope that they're going to be able to, like, have a kind of a process in, like, the way they're um, branded and, like, kind of... Um, I don't know. I, I really hope that they, like... Um, are able to stay true to themselves because I know that, like, the business is harder for women in general, Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy how young the women are, too, and, like, writing their own stuff and doing it, and, like... um, Yeah, it's crazy. They're, like, 13, 14, 15-ish, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah, and I... That is a really good point about, about Louis saying, I mean, like, wanting to specifically do, like, a girl band... Um, yeah, like it's cool. What he wants to do because like it's like it's it's harder and like as I was saying like it's it's I think it's kind of a risk because like mm-hmm. it is like not um, necessarily like I feel like a boy band is kind of I mean not that there has been really one that's as successful as One Direction but it seems like sort of like a safer easier move to take on like a male like teenage male um, mm-hmm. even a solo artist like that's an easier mm-hmm. safer bet so to do a girl group in general is like cool 
Yeah, very cool. And it reminds me of Zane picking um, women for his backing band and women who are playing yeah. instruments and, and women of color as yeah. well um, was a big thing that we saw uh, rather than having men playing the instruments. Like in One Direction, it was all guys who played like the backing music, but Zane has all girls, which is really cool. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and then, and then, unless you have a Liam thing. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything. I do right remember now. he gave an interview and talked about, um, his ex-girlfriend now, Sophia, or Sophia, uh, um, and was saying, like, being really supportive of her doing her own thing with fashion and, like, running things and, and that, but I don't know if anything else sticks out to me. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I mean, um, that that's kind of, like, you would, that's kind of, I don't want to say bare minimum but like if you're not supporting like your significant other and like their endeavors then there's a problem yeah. there so yeah yeah well we have to just you know search out for what we can yeah um, I mean if, if anyone has any other uh thoughts or ideas about Liam's participation in feminism hit us <laughs> up and we will like talk about them Yes. Um, and then lastly, Harry, obviously. Um, Harry, I think, I mean, I took a poll on the good old Twitter, and I haven't had them open for that long, because so I sort of did it today, um, asking people who they felt, which which member of One Direction they felt um, sort of embodied feminist ideas and projected that in their life. Um, and Harry had, like, 80% or 90 I don't know, he had the majority of people, and mm-hmm. Niall had the other percentage, um, which I think I would say that that represents things well because I do think Harry um is the most and I think Harry would would understand what feminism is and say he's a feminist um and like know what that is I think some of the other boys too would know um, god I'd be like so afraid I know that like there's <laughs> like I, I I'm always just so nervous when people ask celebrities like like whether or not they're a feminist because it's just like such an instant thing I know but it's I also know. like they can grow and learn um but it's just, like, it's just, like, so disheartening, and I'm just, like, please, I, that's why I, I honestly am such a proponent of, like, every celebrity should have to take, like, a race, gender, sexuality, <laughs> like, women and gender course. studies course about feminism, yes. just, like, just please, before you say anything, it just, like, makes me so, like, scared <laughs> to, like, see these people, like, have a huge platform and say, like, such stupid stuff. I know. <sighs> but, like, seeing as Harry's sister, Gemma, is, like, very openly feminist-y and yeah. writes articles on that, I hope that I'm... Like, he reads her stuff and, like, talks to her and talks to other women that he's surrounded by. Yeah, very true. About these things. Um, but I know he has done things, whether or not he labels himself as a feminist, feminist, which we don't know. Um, namely, the Love is Love speech that had its one-year anniversary, what, just the other day, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was just yesterday. No, two wow. days ago. Do <laughs> you want to talk about that, Karen? Um, that was at our Boston concert, and we saw it live and in person, and I would definitely recommend going and watching it. Oh, wait, crap, that could have been my recommendation. Um, I mean, it, it could par- be part of my recommendation to go watch that. Um, basically, um, it was coming off the coattails of Liam talking in, um... <laughs> I keep forgetting that it's off of that. Yeah, that me too. I think we prominent. kind of, we kind of... It was, like, his response. <laughs> yeah, um, it was, okay, so Liam was in a... Uh, gay magazine. I forget what it was called. Attitude um, or yeah, it was Attitude. You're right. And he was kind of said some like naive and ignorant things um, about. I don't even really remember. I think he was talking about like the rainbow flag and how mm-hmm. that was like kind of. Um, he said that was like assuming things, and it's like 
I mean, just let people like hold their rainbow flags. I'm just, yeah. just okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think we definitely did talk about that um, in a episode long ago, and I think that we were probably more cohesive um, or comprehensive like about mm. our opinions on that article because it's kind of like fady and fuzzy to me now. But anyway, this was Harry's kind of response to that because there was definitely like um, some like ups- like people were upset like rightfully so about um, you know Liam's comments and attitude, um, especially because it's a gay magazine. I'm just like okay, Liam. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, so Harry is talking was basically saying like love is love. Uh, you know here at One Direction we celebrate all love. Um, and he, you know, um, had been running around, dancing around with the rainbow flag with a bunch, um, at a bunch of previous concerts, which he did at this one too, but, um, yeah, definitely on the road again tour was great for rainbow flags and for oh, love so is love. Good. So I'm good. I'm still yeah. just, like, blown away that he did that, like, and he did it at every concert, like, following yeah. a certain date, like, he may do it at every concert. God, I need to make my, um, background a picture of Harry with the rainbow flag in. I, yes. like, missed that image in my life. Oh. So good. Or just, like, print out a poster and just put it in my my room somewhere. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. And see, like, this is why we talk about these things, too, because this shows that feminism goes beyond just, like, equality for men and women. Like, <laughs> it's so much more than that. Um, and I think that's why, like, helping flesh it out, flush it out like this is is good. Yeah. Um, some other things I had for Harry were the Michael Sam jersey. Yes! <laughs> um, Michael Sam was the first, I think out NFL player, um, which is very rare in sports to see someone come out in the first place because sports is like this hyper-masculinized sort of community area a lot of times. And he was, Harry was showing his support by wearing his jersey. And I think like he pointed to it and just so awesome. Oh my Um, God. I always forget about this too. It was, this meant so much and it still means so much to me. Like, Mm -hmm. and I know it means so much to so many other people and it's just Mm -hmm. such a, it's such an awesome display. Like that is not, it's, I don't know. I just love it. He went out of his way. He went out of his way. It's not an accident. It it wasn't a coincidence. Like he purposely put on that jersey. Yeah. Like, I just, I really respect Harry, and I know that he isn't, like, he doesn't really openly talk about, um, you know, feminist equal rights things as much. I think that he more shows it in his actions, and mm-hmm. I think that, like, these so kind true. of things um, are his, like, are basically huge grand gestures in, like, the mm-hmm. world of Harry Styles, so... Right. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, like, it's a big deal. Like, that's a it big deal. It is a very big deal. Yeah. Like, you don't hear that about other artists, you know? Yeah. Um, especially other guys... Um, so, yes, these things that Harry has done. I love that you said he speaks in actions rather yeah. than words. Maybe, perhaps, when he goes solo, he will talk more about these things. I love it. But, um, I don't know if we'll get that. I, I hope, but he's also, like, not cryptic. very... Yeah, he's very cryptic. <laughs> um, uh, another thing was, um, he was a part of uh, Emma Watson's He for She campaign. Um, she had different... Um, guys take pictures using the hashtag he for she and holding up a sign and talking about, or not talking about, but just like he posted to his Instagram or Twitter. Um, and the he for she campaign was after Emma Watson spoke to the UN about, um, uh, feminism and what it means and equality for women and different things like that. And there's a lot to be said about her speech, both good and bad. Um, yeah. I recently wrote about it for my uh, queer studies class and um, sort of getting at the fact that I know I saw a lot of backlash on 
places like Tumblr is saying, like, we have to discredit the whole speech. She didn't talk about, like, women of color. She didn't talk about, like, trans feminism and all this stuff. Um, sort of on one side and on the other side, it was like, this is the end-all, be-all feminism, Emma Watson. Mm. And I think we sort of have to look at it with, like, uh, sort of an in-between thing. Yeah, it was really awesome, but there's places to grow and, like, not be yeah. so black and white about things. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but anyway, Harry... I completely agree. I'm really glad that you brought that up, though, because, like, I kind of, like, was always a little uncomfortable with the mm-hmm. he-for-she thing just because, like, I feel like it could have done more, but also it was, like, a good thing to even right. get, like... Um, men saying they're feminists or for feminism right. um, because that's also a very important thing but also like there could be so much more right. that could have been done like you know it, there's always like a thin line mm-hmm. um, but yeah yeah so that's a discussion we could have and like something like that I could see showing up like on our Patreon and being like okay we're gonna just have a discussion about the Emma Watson he for she thing and like talk about it and it's not yeah. necessarily 1D related but let's just stick it on the Patreon yeah, it's, it's like six degrees from one direction. Actually, like one degree or two <laughs> degrees, you know. Harry was a part of it, so um, that's yeah. really cool. Uh, and the last thing I had for Harry was just, like, his general attitude towards fans. I know sometimes interviewers bring it up, um, or there was, like, this documentary published sort of showing fans, especially uh, female fans, in a really negative light, calling them crazy God. and obsessive and painting that, like, picture that we all know and breathe and live because we're One Direction fans and we've seen it a million times of how we're often discredited in our opinions as, like, fans is discredited and we're, lo- we're looked at, like, as crazy. And that's another topic we're going to get into. But I know he has stuck up for that and said, like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's not what our fans are about. Like, you know. Oh, I think Liam actually tweeted about that, too. Liam and Niall. So oh, there's perfect. Liam. <laughs> Hooray. Um, so that's... Uh, also feminism and one direction um our next topic now i'm looking at the time we have we're we're at an hour 15 so we do have more time to go um but i don't think we can cover everything um at all um and probably not this next section too but let's just like get started on it um which is intersectional feminism and what it means and i and i pulled our listeners again not that many responses yet because i just sort of put them out and it seemed like some people knew what intersectional feminism meant some were like sort of sure um and and then another group of people had never heard of it and i think um i never heard of it until i came to college and took my uh, women's studies class it's not something that is as talked about as feminism and i think it Mm. should be as talked about as feminism and it should be like right there along with feminism because feminism yeah because like if you're like feminism should only be intersectional Mm -hmm. like if your feminism isn't then and you know what it is and you refuse to be intersectional then it's not feminism and I don't think you can call it that yes agreed um so I sort of took definitions from the internet uh but we're also going to talk about our own and sort of I mean we're going to try to do our best to explain it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, the good old internet was talking about intersectional feminism as the interconnected nature of social categories such as race, class, and gender as they apply to a given individual or group, regarded as creating overlapping and independent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. So um, we were talking about um, like oppression earlier and... Uh, disadvantage and discrimination and all these things sort of tie in together. And what I see, or like intersectional feminism is saying that you can't just take like all women and be like, oh, they all experience the same discrimination because they're women. 
that erases the fact that some women are black, some women are uh, lesbians, some women are uh, trans. Like, you can't Mm -hmm. just be like, oh, I'm going to blanket all women as this, and so therefore they experience sexism in the same way, because then you're ignoring all the other overlapping forms of oppression that they deal with, such as, like, racism and... um, like, heterosexism, I think that's a term that's used now instead of, like, different things. I learned about it in my social class. <laughs> I'm always very confused by that term, but I think it's just, like, it's basically heteronormativity. Yeah, okay. Um, except, like, to, like, the, like, sort of, like, um, oppressive degree. Right, exactly. Um, so then you're dis- like, you're, like, not um, including another part of their identity in how that uh, these different, their oppression and, like, their discrimination that they face and the disadvantage they face, like, affects them differently based on um, those other really important aspects of how they identify and their identity. Um, Yeah, because, like, no one has just, like, one, like, piece of identity, you know? You you have multiple, like, you know, your gender, your class, your race, your mm -hmm. sexuality, like, all of these things, like, are different parts and they affect you differently, as Caitlin was saying. Um, So you have to, like, and they, it's just, like, all so interdependent and, like, and so important to realize that each of them... Because, like, okay, like, take, like, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. She's a woman, but she's a white woman and a wealthy woman. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she experiences the same type of oppression that a woman of color, like, who's homeless um, yeah. faces. Like, and you can't say that their feminism is the same. And it's just, like it's naive of you, like, or to assume that it is, um, so you have to, like, I don't know, yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job to explain that, I just jumped in, so. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, like, no, that's a good analogy, and I want to go into more analogies One Direction related, um, Mm. because it is so important to understand what it is and what it means, um, now this is an analogy, so don't think I'm talking about, um, One Direction as being people who are oppressed and, like, (laughs) uh, facing tons of discrimination and disadvantage, um, I'm just trying to show this and connect it to One Direction so it's more entertaining and understandable. So Mm -hmm. what I was saying is that if we were to look at the sort of media, uh, um, like, harassment or media, like, dealings with um, that each of the boys deals with (laughs) in One Direction and sort of Zayn not in One Direction, um, we couldn't label, oh, because they're in the same band they all face the same sort of, like, hate on Twitter. You can't just group them all together. Um, And hate on Twitter is something we see a lot, and it's often um, sort of similar in a lot of ways, depending on, like, the different people get very similar hate, random sexual harassment comments, um, other different hateful things, but you can't all just be like, oh, because they're in this same band, they're all experiencing the same hate, because that washes out um, the differences that they do have, the differences that are important, that if you do wash it out, then you're, like, closing yourself off to understanding and validating personal experiences from each of the members. Um, So... Uh, So, yeah, what I'm saying is we need to recognize the overlapping identities that cause different types of harassment or media things for each of the boys. Um, The first one I want to point out is Zane. Zane is half Pakistani. His dad, um, his mom, I think, is British and his dad is Pakistani. And so this is a racial difference where Zane has gotten 
a lot of harassment based on his race and his culture and his religion um, from people on Twitter and people just like in the media in general. Yeah, um, disgusting. Disgusting hate that none of the other boys get that same type of thing because they're like white guys. Yep. So like you can't say the same. You can't say that these these people are experiencing the same harassment when you have to recognize that Zayn has this other form of oppression that he's facing that mm -hmm. takes the harassment and makes it different for him, and he's living a different experience. Um, exactly. And, like, he's, like, literally left social media t um, different times because of the disgusting amounts of harassment um, and, like, targeted harassment mm -hmm. that he's gotten. Yeah. So, like, that's very important to recognize. And if you were to just... You can't just be... You can't just erase that identity or be like, I don't look at people's colors. I just yeah. treat Zane the same. Like, uh, it's great to treat people with equality, but as soon as you're saying something like, oh, I don't look, I look past, like, color of skin or religion or culture, then you're saying, then you're not recognizing how that's a part of someone's identity and affects their experience. And, mm -hmm. like, the... um not only, like, the difficult things they face, but also, like, just, like, the the positive experience that they have based on their identity, and you're just saying, oh, it doesn't matter, like, I don't want to hear about it, like, type of thing that erases what's really important. Agreed. Um, the other thing I had was Harry, who often does not conform to traditional gender roles and clothing and... Stuff that I think more so for, like, American, like, heterosexual white cis men wear, um, or, like, the gender role that they're supposed to go. I, I feel like, I feel like it's different in Britain because, like, or in England in that, like, a lot of the styles for men's clothing might be, is, is definitely different than American men's clothing. Like, guys there all wear, like, skinny jeans and, like, often have really nice style and not all of them, but I saw... No, definitely not all of them. <laughs> not, not all of them, but I saw it as more prominent than, um, a lot of the guys, or what's, like, common fashion yeah. um, in the U.S. So I think, like, uh, it's differently talked about, perhaps, in, in the different countries. Um, but because of that, because he doesn't necessarily fit what a manly man would wear or something, he faces different harassment and things on Twitter and whatnot and publicly in media because of that. And if you ignore that aspect of him, then you're taking away, first of all, you're just, like, taking away such an important aspect of who Harry is, mm -hmm. and, like, the lovely person he is, and, like, the fact that we say, like, oh, he's this, like, sparkly human angel fairy. Like, you're taking away that awesomeness of who he is by saying you're gonna look past that or put him on the same level as someone else. Um, but you're also, like, discrediting what that might be, like, in a different experience than someone who's just getting other type of hate, um, maybe perhaps that Liam gets because he might be more the manly guy or whatever. Um, uh, I know, like, one of the big things I've seen that really bugs me um, about Harry receiving hate, and or not even just hate on Twitter, but, like, just, like, media stuff in general is people 
speculating his sexuality as if it's like this fun guessing game like oh mm-hmm. let's play like who's harry like uh interested in these days blah 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 it just really really bugs me um yeah. and like that's you have to recognize that other form of um like that's just another layer of uh like a different type of harassment that you can't just like shut your eyes to yeah um does that make sense do you have things to add no i definitely agree and just like it frustrates me when people try to assume someone's sexuality because of like what they wear Mm -hmm. like that's such a weird arbitrary thing to like Mm -hmm. like to assign someone's sexuality to them because of like the pieces of cloth that they decide to adorn their human like corporeal form with like that's so weird and like so weird it's so weird like aliens would not be proud of us i think like that's what i have to say like honestly truly truly yeah um so and i know we sort of went a little bit backwards on this but i wanted to um sort of reinforce how that relates back to like feminism and women experiencing uh, discrimination uh, and people experiencing discrimination. Um, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if we ended up saying this like specifically, but I wanted to say that, so you can't just say all women, just like we can't say One Direction experiences the same hate on Twitter and like um, gross things from the media because that would erase the differences they have and, their identity and how they're um, having to deal with different types of discrimination, uh, like Zane and the racism or Harry and like heterosexism or whatever we want to call it. Um, uh, oh, my brother's calling. <laughs> uh, hold on a sec. Okay. Um, so yeah, we can't, um, just like we can't do that, we can't say that all women experience the same type of discrimination as each other just because they're women because um, a black woman is not going to experience the same thing as a white woman or as a trans woman just like because they're women doesn't mean that their experiences are going to be the same and you have to recognize how the other types of oppression that they're facing um it's not just that they're facing other types of oppression, like also racism or um, uh, heterosexism or whatever. It's that those, when you have someone who's facing heterosexism and racism, it sort of becomes its own thing. You can't just separate it out and be like, okay, this is the racism aspect and this is the heterosexism aspect, like against their gender and this is against their race. It becomes its own thing where you have to look at them like, together in, in, um, and, like, say, what is it, what's the experience, like, for a black woman, not just this woman as a black person and this woman as a woman, what is it, like, what is the experience as a black woman and how is her, the, the oppression she faces different than, like, a white woman or, you know, any other combination of identities? Um, did I say that okay? Yeah. Do you have It's, like, it's, um, I think that was like a really good analogy um and i mean it's like it's it's pretty complicated and i think like um maybe even doing like if you don't really know what the term intersectional is and if we're not like explaining it well enough um because you know we're not professors we didn't like 
we all, we've only like you know taken college courses on this and like done our own research so we're not like you know complete professionals so like maybe doing even your own research on this mm -hmm. um you know it's always good to like be informed by your own hand mm -hmm. um and like really do your own research um so that's always like a good little re like reminder and also we are white um cis women so that's also like a disclaimer i want to make yeah. um because we're not speaking for anyone outside our identity no yeah and we only know our own lived experiences exactly so. and that's what yeah. is so important about having like the listener involvement and um like just hearing from other people um because we can't speak to everyone's experiences we can only really speak to our own um yeah and i think it's so important to hear these things from the stories of other people and we have in the past like included um stories of people who can better talk about the discrimination they're facing but i think that's something we need to do more if we continue yeah. to do um talking about feminism and i know um like a long time ago we wanted to get people on and talk about like their experience in one direction um and like have a discussion about um like what 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 is it just like just like just different experience of of people in one direction um and like how their identity is a part of the fandom and is like supported and not supported by the fandom in a lot of yeah. different aspects and like get like feedback and i think that's something that we should do and try to strive for um so yeah um i think i feel like that's where we're going to sort of stop today mm -hmm. um i feel like i'm like telling a class okay guys like yeah. wrapping it up um, but I think what we did talk about today is super important and there's so much more. There was so much more, um, I still have on, like, this one document that we had for this episode, but obviously we can't fit it all in in one, but I hope we, like, said stuff that made these things more understandable or got people more excited to learn about them. Um, I think it kind of, I know you said we're not professors, so we're, we might not be saying it the best, but I think that's sort of, like... A good thing in a way that we're coming mm -hmm. from really experience only and we're not saying it in like the best way and you know we are relating it to one direction because i think it makes it more like uh on a level that is understandable even if we yeah, can't say it in the best way mm -hmm. um but i want to continue this discussion and continue it on twitter and tumblr and stuff so definitely write in and i think next week we're going to include like a feedback section because that seemed like something people really wanted um, and talk about some of uh, the opinions our listeners had. Um, and to see also if you want us to like continue discussing this, I know there's more, way more stuff we have to talk about with One Direction and fe feminism. Um, and I just want to like keep it going. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so that sort of ends that discussion. Um, let's move on to recommendations this week. Kara, what's your recommendation of the week? Um, my recommendation is sort of in honor of Niall's birthday. Um, it's one of the first One Direction interviews I ever watched, or actually it's just Niall, and it's, um, Niall when he was being interviewed in Australia by Chrissy and Jane. With the um, sunglasses? Um, I'm not sure. He's in a green polo. Uh-huh. Um, and they talk about, like, like, they, he makes, or she, like, one of the radio hosts makes him read her diary, and, like, I remember, oh, like, that was, yeah, yeah. And definitely just go look, like, look it up. It's, um, just, like, Google Niall Horan Australia interview, and it's, like, should be the first one that pops up. He's wearing green polo, and, like, I just remember, like, watching this and, like, loving his laugh so much and, like, just being so, like, 
enthralled and like in love with it and it just made me so happy and like I remember watching it like so many times in a row um so like just like you know in honor of this wee lad turning 23 definitely go watch this interview which is from April 2002 which is insane that's such a long time ago April 2002 so. what the heck 2012 <laughs> oh my god an interview with like eight-year-old Niall oh my god can you imagine <laughs> that would be incredible yeah. Um, I don't have a recommendation this week. It's all good. Um, go, go look up stuff about feminism and then respond True. to us. Oh, take the survey. That's my recommendation. Oh, okay. Awesome. Take the survey. Find it everywhere. Go now. Okay. Tweet of the week. Kara, do you have a tweet of the week? Um, I do. Um, it is, I just lost it. Jesus. I thought I was prepared and then life <laughs> hits you with something else. Um, this is from 1D Live Updates. It's from September 13th. Um, and it was like an honor of Niall's birthday. It says, look at this birthday boy with his guitar, um, looking good. Miss you on stage. And it was just a few pictures of Niall just like in his, you know, jamming out, like, uh, just like with his guitar and his little Bernie Spears headset. And it's just really made me miss our One Direction concert, so oh, there's that. Oh, so sad. I want to go know. back. It's so weird, like, this time last year, we were, like, gearing up for an album, and we'd just seen, like, them in I concert, know. and there were so many, like, like, the hiatus wasn't confirmed yet. Like, I know. Uh, we were so young and so free. I know. Those were the good old days. So true. Now we're just jaded and old. Yep. Um, okay, my tweet of the week is sort of a recommendation <laughs> slash tweet because I didn't have anything. Um, but I looked through my likes and found this one from The Late Late Show at The Late Late Show. So if you're not following at The Late Late Show, go follow them because it's um, James Corden's late night show. But like the Twitter is actually really funny and like uses a lot of gifts from the show and is hashtag relatable. Um, so go follow them. But this one tweet was, Beyonce lyrics as a soap opera script. Yeah, we can do that. Oh my god. Um, and it was, like, a segment that they did, and, like, it's James walking out of a room like he's pissed. And the lyrics the lyrics that are um, captioned are, My body's too bootylicious for you, babe. And he, like, slams oh the god. door. Um, so I just really like James Corden. Um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, general feedback and suggestions for the show would be lovely. Again, we're really trying to revamp, so taking that survey is important. Um, or just hearing your dis your thoughts on today's discussion, whether it be news or main discussion, especially, and your experiences, because um, we do want to hear from the listeners, uh, because we really can't speak for everyone, and that is so, so important to recognize and take action about. Um, so yeah, again, pause, go do the survey now. Okay, okay, welcome back. Okay. Um, so thank you for listening to episode 65 of Talk Direction. Please follow us on Twitter at Talk underscore Direction. We're going to be doing more polls over there because that seems like something people really like. Um, you can email us at TalkDirection at gmail.com or go to our Tumblr, which is TalkDirection.tumblr.com or our Instagram, which is just TalkDirection. And you can follow us individually on Twitter. I am Caitlin I.R. Foster and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Kara, where can they find you? I'm Kara underscore pond, and Kara is with a C. And remember, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash talkdirection, you can get your first free audiobook. And perhaps we'll have a Zane audiobook at some point to discuss, um, but you should definitely go do that. And you can also rate and review us and subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud um, so you can get the show as soon as it comes out. I am Caitlin. And I'm Kara. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 66. Bye! Bye.